Initializing recap. Multiple hull breaches imminent. There is a chute attached into one of the hallways. Blood letters are sliding down into the ship. You notice that there is one person that is not a blood letter. It is a Yasoki. Do I recognize them? You can't tell because they're wearing a very familiar <sighs> mirrored reflective mask. Wait, my mask? Then you hear a soft clapping behind you. Well done. Very impressive. Yeah. And when you turn around, there is a android standing there. This is an android who has made absolutely no attempt to not look artificial. And he walks over and he pulls two chairs from one of the tables and puts them in the center of the room. And he looks at Jenny and Shortrek and he says, please have a seat. You as well, Merrick. What do you want? I want you to tell me everything you know about Project Dahlia and who you've told. He sighs and he says, perhaps you don't understand the situation. Allow me to explain clearer. And the gun goes off point blank into Churchak's chest. Holy fuck. Yes, we got it from a young hacker. Where? On Surf. Interesting. A young hacker. How unfortunate. By the name of Vale. You see that silver ship and a beam of light is rocketing towards the persistence. And Durin, in the yeah. reactor room, you see a pulse of energy explode out and a shimmering light emerges from the reactor. And this like being of light looks around and surveys the situation and then looks down at you and extends a hand and says, it looks like we could both use each other's help. My name is Aerodaxis. I am the last of the Valai. Recap complete. Welcome back to another exciting episode of No Quest for the Wicked. Gentlemen, I have <laughs> two questions for you. Yeah, Are you yeah. ready to rock? Should I be the only one to answer? Am I the only one alive still? Like, what's going on? Dura's still doing well. I'm, I'm fine. I'm just locked in the engine room. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get out, but you know. Yeah, it's just me. So, just, yes, we are know. ready to rock. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I feel like Dane took me out last night and gave me mind thrust in real life, so... <laughs> Neither me nor Cody are ready to rock right now. You have that sexy, sick voice right now, which is kind of mm, nice. Yeah, I drank too many beers. <laughs> now, more importantly, are you ready to roll? Yes! yes. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> One thing a corpse can do is roll. So just need you guys and maybe a slope or some stairs and yeah. Terry, did you just bark at me? I did. <laughs> I'm trying to get into the moment. I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to get the energy high. That classic Durin thing of barking. The <laughs> classic Terry bark. Couldn't be an episode without it. Merrick, you are alone in darkness. You can't tell whether the dripping from your forehead is from one of the wounds that you sustained at the hands of your older siblings just a moment ago. An hour ago? A day ago? It's hard to tell how long you've been locked in this dark room. And even without the burning desert sun beating down on you, it is no escape or shelter from the heat. You're warm, uncomfortable, tired.
tired and the pangs of hunger and thirst are starting to get to you. What do you do in this dark room? I'm uh, a little bit scared, but it's not the first time it's happened. So Merrick is just going to sort of get into a, a meditative pose and, and just hope um, that someone will come let him out soon. It is another while before. It is hard to tell time. You, you can't see the light outside, so you have no idea how much time has passed until the door slides open and almost eclipsing the bright daylight is a massive figure that you immediately recognize as your father. Dad! He looks at you and he says, Get up, boy. Uh, yes, sir. And he turns around and walks away. Um, I follow, trying to match his pace. What were you doing in there? I was, uh, I was uh, being reflective on my own mistakes. He looks at you for a second and he says, These wounds, they are from combat. Oh, it was uh, just a little spar between brothers. He grabs your hands and looks at your knuckles and your fingertips, and he says, Why are your hands not bloodied from beating on the door? Why are your fingertips not raw from trying to pry it open? Why is your voice not hoarse from screaming? Because that tactic hasn't been very effective in the past. So you gave up? I decided it was more beneficial to be patient, to be reflective, to be meditative. To wait for someone to save you. I guess so. You guys have reached a junction in the compound that is your home, and you are walking outside the outer walls where a hallway runs down, uh, and that is where your rooms are, and your father turns on his heels and, and walks to the railing and looks out at the canyon below, turning his back to you. I um, just walk up beside him in silence and just sort of stare into the canyon. You have rested enough. Do you see that mesa? And he points out uh, into the distance, and there is a mesa that rises up above the canyon, and it is uh, almost like a triangle, an inverted triangle. The base of it is is very, very narrow, but the top is, is wide. Uh, yes. We will climb that. Uh, yes, sir. Without any other words, you guys walk through the canyon to this this mesa and begin climbing it. And the climb is certainly not easy. Uh, give me an athletics check. With my current stats? Yes. Um, well, that's a two on the dice, so 12. Yeah, you struggle the whole way up, but your father does not slow down and he beats you to the top easily and is sitting cross-legged in the middle of this mesa by the time you get there. I guess I just sit down and cross my own legs. He stops you as you begin to sit down. He stands up and puts a hand on the back of your sh your neck and moves you to the edge of the mesa. And below you can see your siblings, almost all of them, training with each other against uh, various creatures. There is one of the, your mother's sandworm is out and attacking one of them, most likely Zane. And... He looks down 
and then looks at you and then looks back at your siblings. And he says, tell me, how did they best you? Numbers, firstly. Um, it was two. Uh, there were more there, but two made the strikes. Uh, it wasn't Zane, but two of the olders, older siblings. So they had size, experience. And I don't know, when it comes to them, they just I just freeze. I, I feel like everything you've ever taught me goes out my brain when they start insulting you and they start insulting me and I just can't think. Why do you think they train? To protect all of us. Isn't that what we do, what we do? To protect the family? To protect mother? He shakes his head. No. They train selfishly for power. It is easy to win when one has power and the other does not. Their strength comes from their power. It is important to me that you are able to defend yourself, not just in combat, but always, even when you have nothing. And he turns to look at you, and in a rare occasion, he kneels down onto one knee so that you guys are at eye level. Hold out your hand. I hold out a hand. And... With two of his arms, he cups it. One hand on the bottom, one massive hand on top. And with his other two arms, he places one hand on your shoulder. And the other, he places a hand directly on your chest. And the hand pretty much covers your whole chest. Because most Kasatha are lean, but your father is big. He's muscular, he's large, and he closes his eyes and begins saying a inaudible prayer. And you feel a warmth beginning to surround you. And he says, feel the unforgiving heat of the desert sun, the sand between your toes, the respite, however brief, of the breeze. Let it envelop you. Let it overtake you. Bury it deep within you so that one day you may unleash it upon your command. And as you follow his instructions, he lifts his hands apart so that your hand hovers in between them. And you begin to feel a energy amassing and you feel connected to your father and to the desert. Then he removes his hands entirely, first away from your hands and then off of your body. And hovering in front of you, in the palm of your hand, is a small mote of light. And um, I will say at this point of time, that mote of light is a beautiful cerulean, like sky blue, not the current dark black that Merrick now has. Ooh. You will never be without a means to defend yourself again, but that will not make you strong. You are the child of the least favored mate, which means you are the least favored child. You are smaller than them, and you will never have the power that they do, but you will be stronger, because our strength does not come from our power. They lack what gives us our strength, purpose. It is easy to win when one has purpose and the other does not. Purpose gives us strength. Say it, boy. Purpose gives us strength. Again. Purpose gives us strength. Again. 
Purpose gives us strength. You feel that warm hand of energy and light in front of you. Gently grab your hand and lift you up onto your feet. It's weird to touch energy. It's weird to touch light. But it is a corporeal form. But its light is blinding. And you get a sense of the carnage around you. Short Jack on the floor, bleeding. Cody crumpled in the corner, having been thrown by Hayden Wire. And Durin still not there. And Aerodaxis, the last of the Valai, turns his sights towards Cody and begins walking over to him. Cody. Mm-hmm. You are standing out in the gardens, and it's nighttime. And you are watching some of the staff go over to the garden shed, as you've seen them do before, and be invited in by the gardener. He cracks the door open just enough to see who it is, and then opens it wide with a smile and ushers them in before closing the door. What would you like to do? Uh, this is after the attack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cody leaves, you know, he was kind of through so much shit the last time he got involved and got a lot of people in trouble. And at this point, it's like if he is allowed to stay, that's more than enough for him. You know, he doesn't want to rock the boat. So I think he will try to slip away and find another spot to hang out. Give me a self check. Sure. Current stats. Yep. That is a dirty 20. Okay. Um, you managed to to disappear into the gardens. Maybe by that tree that you and Alpha yeah. carved your name into. Yeah, I think it's kind of like tucked in the corner, like enough that we were like, you know, giggling and carving it like a little bit out of sight. So it's probably in some dark corner and he's just going to like sit under it and just like chill. Uh, yeah, and you do for a while until you see the gardener walking over to you. I Get up to leave. Uh, Sorry. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just enjoying the night. Right. Am I not? Am I not far enough away? I can I can go elsewhere. He looks at you with a stony demeanor. It's weird that you just kind of stare at us. I, I, I won't stare either. I sorry. It just looked so fun, you know? Right. So come in and have a beer. But last Last time I got people in trouble and everyone was so angry at me. Yeah, last time you didn't save all of our asses from motorcycle riding ninjas. I think you saved my ass. There was a shears through a mouth. All the more reason to share a beer. And he walks over and extends his hand. I like grab his forearm a la Predator. (laughs) Yeah, for a second he just kind of like stares at you uh, and then heaves you up onto your feet and he says, you do drink beer, right? I'm not what what's beer at this point i still have the child lock on yeah yeah um he looks at you quizzically and just says okay well we is it i'm pop? sure we got something you mean pop a root beer root beer i like root beer yeah we can <laughs> yeah we can get you a root beer and he puts his arm around you and gives you a squeeze on the shoulder uh before kind of like giving you a playful shove uh forward and you guys get back to the shack and he opens it up and you see some familiar faces. Uh, Izzy is there in the corner with a drink in her hand. There's uh, a couple of the other staff 
who are are just kind of like dancing to some music that is being played by a real record player that he has uh, set up in his the corner of the room. Um, a couple other people are are flipping through his library of vinyl, um, and a very pleasant jazz tune is playing while while some people are like swaying to it uh, other people are tucked away on the peripherals of the room uh, having their own individual conversations it's just like the secret spot from escape from dublin 3 i would have said maybe like the the place from dirty dancing where all the staff go but i'll take escape from dublin 3 i've only seen dirty dancing once alpha's not the biggest fan mm, yeah i can see that probably not a big hit with with a kid his age uh, root beer, you said? Oh, please. Uh, and he opens up the fridge, and you can see that it is, is quite well stocked with beverages of various varieties. There's, uh, there's a couple liquor bottles being chilled in there. There's a bunch of beer, uh, and he manages to push his, like, all that to the side and reach into the back, and he pulls out a, uh, a, a can of root beer, and he cracks it open for you, and, uh, then walks over to the freezer and pulls out a frosted mug and pours it for you and hands it to you. Th- thank you. This is really, really nice. Are we friends? Yes, I guess. Oh, sure. I thought so. I thought I really, yay. Holy shit, what a question. Cause he's just beaming. He sort of looks at you incredulously and, and like really doesn't really know what to think of you. While he's doing that, I sign, we're friends to uh, like across the room to Izzy. Um, she just smiles at you. And it gives you a playful, like, little wink. And the gardener says, I'm, I don't think we've, my name is Shane. Cody Dalton Storm McLean. Yeah, I know who you are. I'm sorry for the way I was behaving with you earlier, before. I care about the people who work here. I, I care about uh, their safety. I care about their jobs. I care about their lives. I thought that you had ratted out one of my friends and caused them to lose their job. I thought you were a a big just a watchdog. A bad, like, tattletale? I thought you were a tattletale. Yes. I I w- we we never tattletale. I wouldn't tattletale on Alpha. Alpha would never tattletale on me and I don't even know what I would have tattled about. I guess was the cut the cutlery? I didn't I didn't even know anything was going on. I know, but I didn't know that and it made sense to me that the, you know, lap dog of the big guy's son who wanders around the house at all hours was the one who might have saw it. And I apologize for for jumping to that conclusion and turning everyone against you. I'm not his lapdog, I'm his best friend, but it's okay. We're friends now. What you did that night, the way you protected us, the way you protected Alpha, it it kind of gave me a glimpse of who you are. There's no way I would have let you guys get hurt. I know, and I appreciate that. And I, I felt like it's my responsibility as a man to own up to my mistakes. And to welcome you into into this family proper. So this is this is your place too now. You are welcome here anytime, and we are happy to have you. And a couple of the staff sort of like raise their drinks to you. Uh, one guy passing by gives you a slap on the back, and another like camaraderie squeeze as uh, he finds his place in the room. So in general, are people happy that I'm there? Their opinion of you has changed drastically okay. over the, from you defending everything. Are we all friends? Uh, yeah, sure. Whoa, that's that's a lot of friends. You can never have too many. Interesting. I'll remember that. You spend. How do you spend the night? What, what would you like to do? Uh, I think probably <laughs> walk right up to some strangers and act like we're friends. 
and maybe be a little uncomfortable in, in just like my awkwardness, but definitely spend a little time with, you know, with Trent and with Izzy. And I think it would be very overwhelming. So a lot of just like soaking it in. Yeah. Um, and, and every time you wander over, despite the fact that you might be a little missing a few social cues, uh, people are happy to involve you in the conversation. Uh, a few people try to teach you like some of the games they're playing. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's all in all like a, probably the most social you've been and probably the most normal social situation you've been, because for the most part, all you do is hang out with mm-hmm. with Alpha. And like every time somebody gives me a beer or a shot, I'm like, yeah, and I like raise it, but don't drink. I don't notice and put it down. Yeah, everyone kind of like clocks that, but doesn't really say anything about it. It's late in the evening now. It, it is well past sort of like 2 a.m. And some of the people have have called it a night and the music has definitely been turned down even lower. So it's just a quiet murmur in the background. And someone looks out the window and uh, gets up and scrambles to the door and stands in front of it and says, oh, shit, Mezo is coming. Mezo's coming. And everyone starts to scramble and like put their drink away and try to like unmust their hair and and like, you know, smooth out their clothes. And Shane looks frantically around. He's like, fuck, damn it. Can I do something? I don't know. Can you maybe, I I don't know, distract him or, or, or talk him down? Maybe. Uh, Yeah. I'll, I'll bring him on a walk at the gardens. Okay. Bye. And I head towards the door. As you do, you open the door and Mezo is standing there. And he's a pretty intimidating presence. Not necessarily physically, but the gravitas that he has because of his wealth and his status. Uh, he, he demands a lot of respect and can be a bit scary. But the look on his eyes and the posture he has currently gives him a much more primal look. The second he sees you, he grabs you by the collar and slams you against the wall. And he looks at you and he says, you were supposed to protect him. Where is my son? Fucking hell. It was so stressful. All of that was stressful. Even the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Cody, you feel warmth surrounding you. And even though your eyes are closed, it's the way you feel when you're looking at the sun with your eyes closed, that that warmth, that red glow. And as you regain consciousness, you see this being of shimmering light. And it's kneeling down beside you with a gentle hand placed on your back and another hand on your thigh as you reposition yourself to to understand your surroundings and its voice is calming as it says hello are you okay uh, are are you an angel no but you would not be the first to call us that short, short jack short jack is and i'm like just trying to scramble up and see where short jack is um you scramble over to short jack and his body is lifeless on the floor and the being of light stands up Durin. Yeah, yeah. How have you been feeling as your new role of Inquisitor? Oh, conflicted. Um, I'm not sure if I've been on any missions yet. I've probably been using a lot of the downtime to heal and to just think to myself a lot, probably. What are you thinking about? It just, uh, for the 
first probably for the first time like while doing this it's just something inside me just feels gross it's been a little under a year since you became an inquisitor you have been on multiple missions okay okay all of them much in line with the assassination of Prince Yashmu and his son. A lot of trying to deal decisive blows to the other clans. You guys, you and Dirk have been on critical missions pretty much nonstop. None of them have really reached fruition. There's always mm-hmm. been a reason why you complete the mission successfully, but it doesn't have the intended effect for whatever reason. There's always a, a, a twist or a catch and you and Dirk are starting to get frustrated at the the, the nature of that. Um, mm-hmm. You have been summoned in to Elder Hiram's inner chambers to receive a mission update. Okay, okay. Is Dirk with me? Uh, he is. Yes. Okay. I guess we go through the we go through the motions. Of course. Um, I don't remember if we kneeled last time, but I imagine like a a quick kneel before standing before him. I'm assuming unmasked, if I'm correct. Yep. Durin. Dirk. You have been doing this clan great honor. But it is time for your work to conclude. It is time you finish the tail clan. Are you ready to do what must be done? We've been nothing but ready. We've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Good. Then I will have the details of your mission sent to your quarters. May the Grandmother Rat watch over you and bless you. May she watch over us all. You are then dismissed. The other guards uh, lead you out of the room. And you are free to 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 go where you wish, um, but you know that your details are are in sort of your your and Dirk's quarters. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, um, would me and Dirk go read the mission briefing together, or would we do it separately? Uh, you'd probably go look at it together. Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay, yeah. I imagine that would be just because it's like probably the excitement's building or some type something's building where we're just like, yeah, let's let's go over the mission. That's our priority. Um, you get there and uh, Dirk fires up the table in the center of the room that projects a uh, hologram of a small it looks like compound. And you can see Dirk immediately change in demeanor when he realizes that the target is a civilian settlement, specifically a hospital. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, I think I would give him a similar look because it's just, why this? Um, he doesn't say anything for a moment as he scrolls through and keeps tapping and little arrows point at the various floors and you see that the Tail Clan has suffered a massive attack from one of the other clans. A lot of their high-ranking Officials have been moved to a civilian hospital 
as a means of cover so that people would hopefully not realize that a small out of the way hospital would be housing um, some fairly influential people. But somehow the fur clan has received intel that they are there. What are the parameters of this one? Is it just sneak in and classic assassination? Uh, Dirk once again pulls up uh, the, the mission specifics and it says target demolition. I, I don't think Durin would say anything yet. Um, yeah, you guys sit there in silence for a bit. And then Dirk looks at you and he says, Mate, what are we doing? I don't even know anymore. How many times have we been told, like, a mission's going to be the end of a clan here and there? Do you remember? I asked you if you thought this was right. Remember? Yeah, yeah. I do remember. Maybe some things just don't feel right. That's a lot of collateral damage, mate. Yeah, a lot of people that don't need to die. And he sinks back into his chair and just stares at the screen for a bit. I just, I just probably keep reading over the, uh, the brief where they're located and what like is actually expected of us, and just going over again and again, trying to like maybe find something that makes this not as bad as it could be, as it is. You don't find it, yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's straight up. They are willing to kill a entire hospital full of people in order to get to the, you know, three or four influential tail clan people. Maybe we just go off the book on this one. Sneak in, keep it subtle, keep it quiet, keep the blood to a minimum. We're inquisitors, darn. We don't go off book. Yeah, I know. I need some time, if that's all right. Yeah, take what you need. I'm just going to go over the details. And he gets up and he puts his helmet under his arm and uh leaves what would where would during go after this you can stay as long as you want with the the briefing but where would you go i don't even know how he would relax to be honest i don't know how he releases tension i assume that all gets pointed towards the mission so he's just this ball of just tension at all times okay yeah he would probably just go if he needed to let off some steam to think he would probably go to a shooting ranger to the probably uh, practice ranges or something like that just to work on his his shot you are making your way there when you hear dirk's voice coming from a room off to the side and you hear him talking to someone you're not sure who what do you do okay Uh, yeah listen in of course Dirk doesn't know boundaries come on you hear dirk say through the door of this room Dirk's beginning to waver understood i will make sure this mission is his last Dern in the engine room, (sighs) doors slide open as it seems like the ship goes through like a full system reset. Uh, What do you do? Diagnostics, first off, make sure everything's okay with the engines before attempting to leave. Uh, Yeah, give me a give me a quick computers check. I got a 23. Yeah, it seems like if this assassin was even doing anything to the ship, he did not have time to activate it. Okay, okay. So the, cool. the ship, other than the damage you sustained during the fight, is is in perfect working condition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I see, like, what he was going to do? Like, what was the plan? No evidence that he was doing anything to the ship. Was it just to get me here, then? Knowing how they work, yes. It, it, yeah, it was just to get me here to lock me in so he could have his, his, his fight, his yeah. show. All right, let's try to get the doors open. Try to get to everyone oh, else. Oh, no, they, they've already opened. 
Oh, yeah, they they slid open. Oh, if they slid open, yeah, I would. I I thought I, I thought that was a thing. Yeah, I would hundred percent just rush to the bridge, just try to get to anyone to make sure everyone's okay. You burst into the the tavern, mm-hmm. and Jenny has been untied, and she's regained consciousness. And Merrick, Cody, Jenny, this shimmering being of light, are all standing over something in the center of the room. What is it? I uh, I approach. Uh, you see Shortjack on the floor. Oh, fuck. Medicine check? Uh, yeah. It'll be an easy one. Okay, well, I mean, I blasted it. I got a 30. He's dead. The giant open wound in his chest from the gunshot and the amount of blood that has pooled around him. Yeah, it's it's obvious that he is dead. What happened? It was my fault. What happened? I couldn't... I couldn't save him. You couldn't tell the truth? I couldn't... I... I... I didn't think he would... Damn it. Is the Valai still here? Yep. And what about that? Oh, uh, this is Aerodaxis, last of the Valai. Can you, can you help him? Can you save him? Aerodaxis kneels down and places a hand on the gunshot and says, I can't force life back into someone. That has to be the soul's choice. If he wishes to return, perhaps I can bring him back. He he wouldn't he wouldn't leave us. And Aerodaxis places another hand on top as if about to perform CPR, and a pulse of energy ripples through the ship, and then another one as they begin to fade in brightness, and that glow gets transferred into Shortjack's body, and then you see that they are no longer a being of light, but of flesh and blood, as their glow is entirely gone and they fall back onto their butt and are sitting as if a, a like any other person looking at short jack's glowing body and it remains motionless there's he he wouldn't leave us right it's not about it's not about that don't see it like that what what is it sometimes it's just our time no he no cody Everything doesn't work out. It Lies will. and games to try to get what you want. I get it that you forget your past and that you're... I don't know my past. I Exactly. And I respect that. And I love you for that. But the naivete, the fact that you wouldn't give up some child who meant nothing to us. He's but a instead child. you gave up Vale. You put us in jeopardy. Vale can look after himself. We're not in the habit of letting fucking children die, Merrick. I care about the people on this ship. Hey guys, why are you fighting? Oh my god, I just grabbed. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. The wound has sealed on Short Jack's chest. He is on his back, still tied to the chair, looking up at the ceiling, just kind of like looking around. Is he still glowing? Faintly, but it's it's fading. Oh my god, Short Jack, I'm so sorry. For what? Letting you die? Wait, hold on, I died? Yeah, you you died fully. Oh, fuck me. Uh, and you can tell he's like trying to look look down at his body, <laughs> but he can't because he's tied to a chair. Maybe don't. It's really awful. Uh, well, the, the wound's gone. I uh, start untying him. Yeah, he's kind of like wiggling around in the chair. And then he sees Aerodaxis. And the second he sees this unidentified person, he grabs one of the splintered legs of a chair and rushes towards him and says, I won't let you hurt anyone else. 
no, short check. They they brought you back. But you don't get to short check in time as he plunges. <sighs> no, <this> my God. <laughs> stake into Aerodaxus's chest, and Aerodaxus just smiles and takes his hand and presses the stake through him, and it pops out the backside. This is going to be a fun moment, boys. Is it? Doesn't f- nothing feels fun right now. Each yeah. one of you get to tell me what Aerodaxus looks like to you. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot when about that part. I say the Valai. What what did the Valai look like to Merrick? I, I, th- I think he would have like an earthy color, like like sort of monotone, made of like stone and earth. Like its hair was like shifting sands. It has some vines. Like that's sort of what Merrick sees because he has such a respect for like that process, that 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 origin, like the the primal nature of our universe. Very cool, Dern. What does the Valai look like to you? Um, oddly enough, I was getting. Uh, I'm trying to remember the actress's name who plays um, Michael in the Constantine movie. I have no idea, but it looks like human. Um, human-esque, but like a gender almost. Like you can't really. There's no defining um, feature in that sense to it. Um, almost angelic to a degree. But yeah. Um, but if you look, if you look at them, they're perfect. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. A gender and perfect. That's that's probably the best way. It's cool. Cody. Diane Lane from Streets of Fire, but with actual wings. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, so all three of you see. Aerodaxes as that uh, individually, and they push themselves up onto their feet, and he looks at all of you and says, I'm very glad that you are all here. I'm sorry that I couldn't get here sooner, but it would appear that it was soon enough. And he places a hand on Shortjack's head and sort of like walks around the room, placing a gentle hand on all of you. Um, and then stands at the front of the tavern against the bar and says, I am sure that you have many questions for me, and I will try to answer them as best that I can. But unfortunately, I am projecting myself, and it takes a lot of energy to do what I just did, and especially to completely displace an entire destroyer ship. And you look out the window, and the silver ship is gone. Where'd you send it? Somewhere far. Somewhere that will be difficult to return to. Could you send it to, like, a volcano inside? Actually, it's a big ship. It's probably able to withstand that. Thank you for saving Shortjack. And uh, me? Shortjack nods and is just like, yeah, I mean, I didn't know I was dead, but, like, thank you. You were very dead. I just, like, give him a big hug. I guess the question that I have is, why? Why us? Why now? I... The Vla... And you can see Aerodaxis is, is trying to figure out where to start. And he smiles and says, You are all heavily tied into the fate of the Vlai now. You were like a beacon to me to find you. And I found you in a time of need, which is good for both of us. Because that is that is my purpose, to help those in times of need. But I am also in need. There is a great evil coming to not just Casamal, but the entire universe. And they point at the pocket in your robe, Merrick, that has the silver liquid in it. Mm. Do you know what that is? 
uh, something's blood or something's goop. My blood. Oh. Well, not mine, but ours. That is the blood of a Valai. Oh man, that opened up a lot more questions suddenly. You're technically not the last Valai. Is there another Valai captured, being tortured? No, I, I would feel them. I know that I am the last. Where is this coming from? I do not know. I am not sure how or why someone has managed to get a hold of our blood, but they are playing a very dangerous game. They are corrupting it. They are playing with forces beyond the rules of the universe. And if they continue to do so, they will unleash something unstoppable. Do you know who the they are? I do not. Do you know what the reckoning is? That is what I am afraid of. I believe the reckoning isn't of whoever is controlling this substance, but of the evil that has latched onto it. Alright, so what happened to the Valai? We found a way to restore balance a better way. You see, the Valai, we existed on the edge of the fold. A place where time and space both existed and didn't. We were observers, tasked to watch, report, to maintain balance. We watched as worlds, people, died over and over again. Countless times we saw the end for people. Creatures, living, thinking, loving creatures. And I knew that I could stop that. So one day, I did. I broke free of our bonds. I broke our celestial, cosmic contract. And I saved a world. Earth. No. Oh. This was far before Earth. But I didn't pay a price to do it. I just did it. And catastrophe followed. I was cursed. I was exiled. I was pulled from my people for my transgressions. And I made the world no better because of it. But my people saw what I did. And they joined me. They left as well. We gave up so much to become us. We gave ourselves the name the Valai, which in our language means to hope. And we went from place to place, finding catastrophe, apocalypse, disaster, and averted them. But this time we paid a price, our lives for theirs. And Eridaxus walks over to the walls of the ship and places a hand on them. And he slowly feels the seams and the the, the curves of the, the ship and says, although they are gone, I can still feel my brother's presence in this ship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is it the reactors or the engines that we use? Are they, is it a part of them? It is them. Oh man, that, that can make one feel guilty for using that. That's for sure. Was it their decision to become engines or was it forced upon them? <laughs> that's a wild question. <laughs> <laughs> it is a valid question. Not many people would give up their life for strangers, transient beings. You live but a mere blink of our lifetime. But yes, we gave our lives willingly in order to maintain balance and to give those who wouldn't get a second chance a second chance. Wait, so when we get the the communications um, like through our through our systems, is that literally them talking? Echoes. Fleeting thoughts of someone who used to be freaky wait that mean that means someone's been harvesting harvesting them 
Remember the first batch of ships that we ran into forever ago? Maybe, Maybe they're that's... being squeezed like oranges. Maybe that's where they're getting the blood. And that, you, the Valire, heroes. You guys are incredible. We do not seek praise. We never did. That is why when we did our job, we would leave. Where are you? I still exist in the fold. And you see Aerodaxis stumble and lurch forward. If you have any questions, I suggest you ask them now and quickly. I I cannot sustain this for much longer. How do we stop this? What do we do next? You need to find whoever or whatever is manipulating the Valai blood, where they're getting it from and stopping them. That is the only way. The longer they use it for whatever purpose they're using it for, to control people, to manipulate them, it will only let the evil presence grow more ingrained. And once it is fully attuned to our blood, there is no stopping it. This word that you keep hearing, this reckoning, will be upon us if we do not stop it. What is this evil? I do not know. It is something beyond the Valai. Beyond us, I, I, I have never sensed it, and I have seen everything. Well, it's uh, something we touch very little on due to the three of our own personal nature. But we can't forget, evil gods do walk this plane. Is there any way you could point us in a direction? We Some have a destination. I know, but maybe if you can sense the blood of your fellows or anything like that. Unfortunately... I believe you are walking the path you need to be on. You just need guidance. You need direction. And they look at you, Merrick. Dead in the fucking eyes. You need purpose. Yeah, we need purpose. If someone is taken over by this blood, do you know of a way to save them? You could. And then they flicker out. (laughs) You motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. I'm fucking out. And Jenny turns to you and says... What the fuck just happened? Um, we just met a, 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 a being close to being divine in nature that could just, like, do whatever the fuck it wants, but they seem very temperamental and don't want to do big acts. I don't know. It's a really weird sort of ideology they got going on. Like, why choose to become an engine? <laughs> like, if you're going to give up yourself for the greater good, why not, you know, sink evil colonies or make every like barren planet like where i'm from bountiful well just becoming a fucking engine you really like the desert though would you want that what you love the desert we all convince ourselves we love the desert to justify the suffering we go through cody oh have you ever known one of these engines to ever fail uh no I don't think so. In a way, like, it's sure it's something that we put, uh, like, far enough away in our minds that we just don't think about because it just works, but... Yeah, but other civilizations and races use different engines, and they're fine. Yeah, but but these don't stop. They've saved entire planets with them. Like, Earth would have been fucked. They wouldn't have even had the time to develop things if if it wasn't for the Valai's sacrifice. Once again, I, I, I get them. I get it. But if you're ever going to think, get me to be convinced that it's justified that these super powerful races all became engines, just I don't know if I'll ever be a hundred percent down on that one. Oh, I'm I'm with you on that. I agree, <laughs> but I can justify it. The campaign's going to end with Ryan choosing to become an engine. <laughs> Cody's just like we sh- we should have asked what the name of our engine was. Feels rude not to know it. Yeah. We should, maybe we should just call the engine Boomer 2, because that's where Boomer died. 
Maybe. I'm assuming that won't be the last we see of of them, so we'll ask we'll ask them. Alright. Let's get somewhere safe and rest. Let's give Vale a heads up that trouble's that going you, his way. Yeah, that you'd sent a terrifying android after them. Yep. <laughs> I saved a kid. Cool. I'm sure yeah. I once again, it's one of these situations where I get what you were trying to do, but in the grand purpose of what we need to achieve. We'll get there. And we're not going to do it by throwing kids under the bus. Cody, there's going to be a time in the next couple of, of big moments and what we're about to do where you're going to have to make a hard decision, and I hope you're able to make the right one. That's all I'm going to say. I will. Don't worry about that. I worry that you won't. Excuse me? I worry that you won't make the right decision. I have suffered, been tortured, battled, and fought, and I will do anything I need to do to get the job done, Cody. I don't care about the great scheme of things. What's one pebble when we're trying to save the whole desert? I would die for a pebble. And maybe that's why I'm the captain and I walk out. Now seems like a great time to do a cramped quarters. Hello, friends. Space GM Dane here to do the things. Uh, we're going to try to keep this quick because this episode's a little shorter and I don't want the, the break to overpower the, the stuff that's happening here. First and foremost, I hope you enjoy the episode. Second, uh, big news. We won over the weekend three Audioverse Awards. Those were the awards we were uh, asking you to vote for a while back and y'all came through for us. The show won Best New Improvised Production, which is insane. Niall got Best Player and I got Best GM, or I think it's called Best Player Direction, but it is essentially Best GM. Those awards are 100% because you guys took the time to vote for us, and we cannot thank you enough for doing so. Uh, it really means the world to us. I know we, we talk about it a lot, and I, I hope we can express our gratitude as often as we feel it, but I feel like we'll never be able to do justice how much uh, the the love and attention and uh, dedication you guys have for growing the show it is it is insane and we love you and we we can't thank you enough we really honestly cannot we also had a blast at comic con if we met you uh, and you decided to check us out hello welcome we also got to meet a a lovely listener uh, you know who you are thank you very much for stopping by it really was the highlight of the con for us a few people have asked about fan expo in the summer we are not confirmed for fan expo yet but it is a a very very strong probably we will let you know more details as soon as we know them and uh the best way to keep up to date on that kind of stuff is by joining the discord head on over to noquestcast.com click the discord link and you'll be invited into our lovely beautiful family that is just so so talented i don't know if you guys have been on the discord recently but we have uh there is a incredibly talented artist currently 3d modeling the persistence of fan art that was done by uh another artist uh there is a and really 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 kick-ass boomer fan art there's been a lot of really cool stuff coming out speaking of boomer i know i mentioned that we were going to do a boss rush kind of thing uh i fucked that up we got so overwhelmed uh with comic-con and, and making sure that episodes were coming out on time uh and i fell behind on that that's my bad oops um but we will be doing uh the ball boss rush starting april 1st i know it sounds like that's a, a april fool's joke i promise you it's not it's actually going to happen the boss rush is Every month, I'm going to be releasing a boss statistic. It will be available to every tier of the Patreon, not just the World Primer tier, which is our highest tier. If you'd like to join the Patreon, head on over to either patreon.com slash noquestcast 
or you can head on over to noquest.com. There's a Patreon link right there. It'll bring you to the page. We have a bunch of cool things that you can get from it. One, the boss rush will be available to all Patreon levels. Uh, two, you get a bunch of Discord benefits. Uh, you can get voting benefits to decide on things coming up in the show or what we're going to do in terms of video content or even suggestions for systems that we'll play in the future. And once a month, I release a world primer of a place that the boys have been in the show so you can bring Castle Mall into your campaign. It includes notable NPCs, locations, quest hooks, and stat blocks. I know I said I was going to keep this short, but I've gone on too long. Uh, so thank you very much again for everyone who came to see us at Comic-Con. Thank you very much for everyone who voted for us in the Audioverse Awards. And we really, really hope to see you either in the next con or in our Discord. We would love to chat. And most importantly, I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Do you think it's possible that we go through an entire years-long campaign and never roll well on this? I think so. I think it's what it's going to keep happening. I think we're doing it differently now, right? No. Nope. Are we? No. Nope. If by differently you mean rolling well, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I remember Dane being like, oh, I'm going to do it this way now. You know, nope. I guess I was wrong. Okay, you do have to tell me who you're doing it first, actually, with. Fuck. Uh, mine was with Short Jack. Okay. Does the engine count? Uh, no, it does not. No. Shit. <laughs> I, I really want Derek to go down and get bad <laughs> blood with an engine that isn't speaking. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I choose Derek. Shit. I guess I would do it with probably Cody. I think he went through a tough moment, so I would kind of want to try to be there for him. But with the way the dice goes, we, we know. Okay. Uh, Derek, let's start you off because you guys are still in the same room together. I feel like that makes narrative sense. I got a seven. Okay. Reveal slash discover the answer to your to the question or uh, about an aspect about yourself or your past. Is there a hollow deck on this ship? I don't remember if we put one or not. No, you Probably do not, not have a hollow deck. No shooting range of that type. Nope. Fuck. Well, we have like our training room, right? Like gym kind of space. Oh yeah, we do have that. There's probably target practice stuff there. Cody, let's go blow off some steam. Yeah, I need that. And I would probably take him there and. Because it kind of like got mentioned in my flashback, I guess I would be like, this is kind of Duran's way of blowing off steam as well. And just kind of like going through the motions of it to focus on something that's um, not the big picture right now and maybe help like, you know, help Cody process whatever he's going through. We also, I think, need the practice. We didn't do very great down in the engine room. That wasn't practice has nothing to do with that. They're just so nimble. I froze. That's okay. No, it's not. When you freeze like that, people die. You die. I they, I didn't. Why, why'd you freeze? You knew him, right? He said you no, used to be friends? No, I didn't know him. We, I don't think we've probably ever met, or if we did, he was someone, someone so unimportant that it didn't even matter. But he was friends with your friends. We, we don't really have friends where I come from. That sounds awful. It is, to a degree, but it allows you to keep distance. I didn't used to have friends. I mean, there was one I would consider a friend, but that was a long time ago. What happened? Where are they? In a way where they can't hurt me anymore. Well, that's good. In a way. I froze. Well, you won't freeze next time. No, I won't. And if you do, I'll be there. If you see me freeze again, make sure you don't copy me, all right? It was really hard to tell what was freezing and what was tactical pauses. There was. <laughs> there really wasn't any tactical pauses in that one. Can we have a code word where if you freeze, you say freeze? And if you don't freeze, you, you say, this is a pause? Um, Yeah. I'll try. I think I fucked up. How? I got short jack shot, and 
I put Vale in trouble, and now Merrick's really angry at me, and if the Valai hadn't been there, we'd, we'd all be dead. I'd never find Alpha, you'd be dead, and Shortjack and Jenny. So what do you take from that? We need to not miss next time we shoot. More than that. Deeper. I need to get better at lying. <laughs> I think Duran would actually laugh at that. <laughs> Duran, I, I can't let them go and kill a kid, even if he's kind of shitty, and I won't. Merrick may be harsh, but he wasn't lying to you. Just think about it. Think about what's important. I don't think I won't be able to stop thinking about it. I would say that's good, but it's pretty much how how it works. I just feel weak, you know? Like, maybe we shouldn't be the ones doing this if, if we can't do it. There's got to be better people out there. When a figurative angel shows up and is like, ah, you, I guess, do you really have a choice? I guess not. I'm going to go over to Shortjack and Cody. You and Duran spend a little bit of time blowing off steam, shooting guns. As you're walking back, you pass by Shortjack's room, and Jenny has finished like checking in on him. And as she's walking out, uh, she looks at you and she just says, "He's okay, but uh, could probably use some company." Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I I can do I can do that. You okay? Well, would you roll, big guy? I rolled a ten. Damn, is that the good one? That's the good one. Describe Ugh. how the two of you bonded over the past few days. Cody goes in really nervous, like really nervous, just like, uh, hi, hi, short Jack. He jumps up and gives you a hug. I like kind of almost like back off. I'm like, are you are you OK? Sit down. You don't you shouldn't strain yourself. I mean, I only had like a hole in my chest for like, I don't know, like five minutes, 10 minutes. It wasn't that long. And also like, look, I don't have a hole in my chest anymore. I'm fine. But you you died and it was my fault, and I just came to say sorry. And I'll go. I'm sure you want me to go, but I just needed to say sorry. Hey, Cody, Um, it wasn't your fault. A evil space assassin came and shot me in the chest, which he was going to do anyway. But I couldn't stop it, and I didn't stop it, and I tried to, I don't know. I thought it would, like Merrick said, I'm dumb, and I thought it would work out, and then you got shot, and you were gone, and... <sighs> I watched the footage. Of what happened? Why would you do that? I don't know. It's fucked up. I get it. It's really fucked up. I never want to see that footage. Did you delete that footage? You got free, and the first thing you did was come to me. I I thought I could still save you. I don't know why you blame yourself. I didn't do anything. I I, I made it worse for Vale. Cody, Merrick's so angry. Cody, and you died. Cody, you were dead too. Only a little bit. And I didn't do anything for you. You're not the only person on this ship who cares about each other or wants to make sure that you don't die or that wants to protect you. I want to make sure that you are all safe, too. This isn't some weird burden that you're the only one who bears. That's a good point. So don't blame yourself. Okay. And you did really good out there, by the way. You did really good. Thank you. It was. I know you were under a lot of pressure and it was really hard, but you you were a badass. You were a big, a big fucking hero. And it was... Really cool, because I know that all got lost in what was going on, but I just, I don't know. Can we hang out for a bit? Do you want to watch a movie? Oh, hell yeah. I used to do this with Alpha all the time, and it's going to make you feel right as rain. Uh, and yeah, he, he runs and hops on his bed and turns on his screen and hands you the remote. Have you seen Escape from Dublin 1 through 7? No, but I'm sensing a marathon. I think you're about to. I say play.
Merrick, where are you? Um, I'm in the tavern, like sitting at the bar, polishing off a little bit of the ash from the nice wood and um, just sipping some whiskey. All right. Uh, what did you roll with Durin? Yeah. Oh, thank God I rolled a 10. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh you bonding. Effort. Look, boys, I just have to nearly kill you. And you're oh, doing so good. <laughs> Cool. That was gonna be how we. That was gonna. That was gonna be how our conversation went. All right. Cool. I'm ready. Yeah, Duran. You you walk in and you see Merrick kind of cleaning up. Is is he behind the bar? Yes. All right. I think I'll just play the play the customer at first. Give me a double. Yeah. I just put a bottle in front of you. <laughs> it's not very cost effective at the end of the day. I think the business could be going bankrupt anytime soon by how things have been going. So on the house. And yeah, I'll pour, I'll pour a bit and maybe grab a second glass for uh, for America. Like, gotta tip you with a shot, I guess. Take it. Was I too harsh, Dern? No. I think it was probably a long time coming, in a way. Well, yes and no. The lie saw something from my past and used a word. And it's always shaken me to my core. What word is that? Purpose. My father, Dern. Mm-hmm. Great man. Powerful force of nature. He was so himself in everything that he did and said. There was never doubt, never hesitation. The reason he was even made a mate to my mother was because he could not be ignored. It's a hell of a thing to put on your uh, dating your dating profile. Yeah. And he would always say, purpose is what made us different. Purpose. And I have this feeling that I've been mistaking purpose with this false sense of drive and this, this desire more so than what I am meant to be doing. It's, it's a facade. All I do is pretend to be him. That harsh tone, all the weird references to the desert that you used to always say, I'm pretty sure I get most of them wrong. We would never know. You would never know. I regret not listening to, listening to him more. Is he, I mean, is he gone? He's gone. There's no way he died on his own natural causes. I don't believe it and I never will, but he's gone. And here I am. The youngest on this ship, by a decent margin, I believe. Maybe not Jenny or Short Jack. We're probably around the same age. You and Short Jack are definitely. Jenny's much older. Jenny's like yeah. late 40s. Okay. Yeah, me and Short Jack are the same age, probably. And I'm trying to lead, and I'm trying to be that guiding hand for Cody. And he reminds me so much of myself back then that I get angry, and I don't know how to... What we're about to do is going to be very hard. It's going to be very difficult. I don't want that kid to die. I know, not a monster, but you always have to think, because when you're the small guy going against the big guy, what do you have at your available? Always go in armed, always go in with a plan. Have as many means and strategies as possible to get the victory. And by putting Vale at risk, that's an arm that we might lose. Now, I'm assuming Mezo's after us now because digging into his past, and I just don't know what to do. Darren, I just don't know what to do. I forget that you're one of the youngest among us. I, I look up to you in a way. Well, you look up to, to Baron. That's who you look up to, the man I'm pretending to be. Are you really pretending to be him? I've never met him. I don't know who he is. I just know you. And hey, I think you're pretty, doing a pretty damn good job. Even if it's hard. There's, there's reasons that I disliked Benson and the, thing, and the decisions he made. I think you're a good captain, and I think you're going to make the right choices when those come. And it's not supposed to be easy. That's the point. You're not supposed to take the easy answer. When it comes to Cody, I, I think you and I have been making a few mistakes. I think we see his innocence as 
perhaps something, something we don't have something to protect really and maybe we need to not protect that as much as we have been i should have i hesitated the robot asked and i just should have said the answer but that machine darren you weren't there but there's only one being in my life one person that i've met that has instilled me at fear where i grew up there was a canyon and it was deep and mm-hmm. wide and at the bottom was the void and there was that's the difference I felt between myself and that robot at the time. Mm-hmm. I felt helpless. And the only person who's ever made me feel like that is my mother. Yeah. What was that like? That's a longer story. But <laughs> she, powerful, Durin. In every movement she made, she would move a pinky finger and we would all take notice. My father had that weight, but on a different level. He was strength, brawn, pride, courage. And she was, I don't know. I can't even describe her. I don't want to call her evil. I don't think she is, but that's the feeling I got. So I dropped the ball. I should have just gave the kid's name quickly before Cody had a chance to speak, but I hesitated. <laughs> I hesitated too. Down in the engine room. Well, I'm assuming you guys killed those guys, right? Uh, no, no, that's a that's a, an issue that's probably going to come up later. Hey, we'll deal with it. Like we'll deal with whatever comes. Don't be too hard on yourself. It's okay to be angry. We just don't freeze again. Have I introduced you to my plant? And I pull out the shirt, the, the, the piece of gold. <laughs> did you did you did you name it yet? I don't think so. Not soberly, at least. <laughs> Does it want a name? I I don't know. Hey, plant, do you want a name? The little motes of light around it swirl into like a question mark and then like a thumbs up. Oh god! <laughs> it 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 talks in emojis. <laughs> yeah, have I not showed you guys this? No, no, I I I, I just know you gotta. You just got a plant, and we kind of just all forgot about that. Yeah, we talk in emojis. <laughs> I make silly faces, and it responds with thumbs ups. A name will come to me. I don't think now's the time when my mind is so clouded. But you'll have one soon, little friend. And I'll pet its leaf, and then I'll just go back to drinking in quiet. Yeah, I think that would be a, just drinking in the quiet. I'll say like a day passes. You guys, you know the the tension of the the encounter subsides a little bit, and you get a call in the morning once you guys are all up to visit Shortjack in the tech workshop. Yeah. I stand, like, not near Merrick. Okay. I guess I'm in between. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of you walk in, and Shortjack is working on something. Jenny's there, too. It doesn't really look like she's doing anything, but she's, like, helping. And he slides your uh, adrenaline booster, the little healing pistol that you have, over to you with some modifications. And he says, uh, so like, I figured if we're going to be going up against, uh, not only potentially the Ministry of Defense, but also, uh, a, a evil ancient cosmic evil or whatever, um, that perhaps you guys are able to just take care of yourself better. And your pistol has been upgraded and they now give, uh, three healing serums, Mark three. Nice. Nice. Ooh. Thank Who you, has sure that can. gun? I don't I don't remember that happening. I think you have it, don't you, Durin? Do I? Okay. Yeah. No, it is no Durin because Durin can heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I believe it's one of you two. Yeah, I was about to is. say we should definitely stop giving it to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cody, you take it. Why don't you yeah, take it? Right. I trust you with it. I trust you with it. Oh my god, Cody, just take it. Okay. Cool. Good talk, everyone. Good talk. Thanks, Shortjack. Yeah, I mean, I, I do what I can. So I've been thinking about when we get our um our ship, when we land on Usuron, that we 
we make that kind of a priority? I know we have a lot of pressing business, but we kind of got our asses beat in that fight. Yeah, let's prioritize that for the long term. And while that's happening, we'll strategize and come up with our next plan of action. Yeah, so I'll run some ideas by you uh, when we land and, and see what we get out of it. But uh, I'm happy to, like, Jenny and I will stay back and take care of the ship once we land on Usteron. We'll we'll upgrade it based on whatever you guys want. And, uh, and you know, we'll get it ready so that the next time someone drops on us, we'll just fuck their shit up. I'm down to do that. It was nice putting her through her paces. I We almost had it for a minute there. Next time we will. And over the intercom, you hear... Approaching destination, Usuron, beginning orbit. And you guys look out the window, and there is a dusty, grayish-red planet in the distance. Um, it has a sort of like thick, swirling atmosphere over it, almost like it's encased in smoke that you can just see every now and then, like, through to the planet's surface. What would you like to do? Have any of us been here before? Yes. Yeah, Merrick is, this is where Merrick met Azin for the first time. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm familiar. Jenny's like, yeah, I used to gig here every now and then. Do you know Dusty? Short Jack's like, I haven't been anywhere. Me neither. Jenny looks at you and she says, yeah, yeah, I know Dusty. That's going to be one of our first stops. Okay, hell yeah. Is Dusty something I should be worried about? Dusty, <laughs> Dusty's Refresher is where I first met Azin. When we last met in that alleyway, he uh, said to meet where it all began. He could be being as vague as you surround as a whole, which is fine, but we have to cover all our bases just in case. Is Dusty an ally of Azin's? Dusty is a man in a chair attached to a ceiling. Hmm. <laughs> I assume you guys are going to start landing, heading yeah. down to the surface. Is there anything you guys want to do before you land? God, I'm so used to like just an armada around the planet waiting to blow us out of the sky <laughs> at this point. You won't find much of that in Usaron, except besides the secret military base, apparently, that's here. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, Cody, take us in. Yeah, okay. You, you begin your approach, and you're coming into Merrick, where you first landed when you visited Usaron, but you notice something very different on your approach the small sleepy town that you visited is now a sprawling metropolis it is a huge city with skyscrapers and uh factories and there seems to be you can see that quarry that you guys went and partied in in the distance and it seems like the city has built itself around that quarry how many years has it been it's only been a handful it's been a year little over a year. <laughs> Damn. Dear God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Cody, what planet are we at right now? Um, Dusty's refer... No, that's the bar. Hold on. Is it Usaron? Is this Usaron? Yeah. Did I go to the wrong planet? No. Oh, dear God. What? What? Someone give a Google search for... Space Google search to see how involved the Mazos are in all this Metropolis nonsense. Oh... Fuck. The fucking Dane laughter. You yeah. Yeah, get on it. your infosphere and you notice that there's a bunch of ads for uh, like vacation and, uh, you know, visit Usuron. Yeah, you, you see like it. there's there's cities on Usuron. Like this isn't the only city on Usuron, but this is the new one. This is the new hot city. It's called Gentino. And sure enough, you see a lot of contra buildings. God damn it. 
And as you bring in your ship and land the persistence on your designated landing spot, you see that pretty much everyone is wearing like contra dynamic uniforms. Cool, cool. Um, cool. this is gonna be good. It's gonna so, be great, guys. As we like pull in, when I met my friend at uh, Therum, he lied and said that code or that Alpha didn't exist. And then he whispered something about a contract or something that they signed that will get them in more than just legal trouble. I don't suppose you have any idea what that might mean. Well, it's probably some kind of spell or binding contract that if they utter certain words over a certain volume or time that someone gets a ping and then they send an assassin and the assassin goes boom, boom, boom. That sounds about right. Any idea how I could get past that? Because I, if I'm here, I, I think it's the end of my trail of answers. I don't know where else I can go. And I really need to make it count. Well, we'll we'll do our research. Uh, I, there are other ways to get information from the words of someone else. So we either have to find someone desperate enough to break that contract, or we have to find out info out while we're here. I don't know how, obviously, Contra's in deep, so I don't know how easy it will be to find information on your friend, but we'll do what we can, Cody. Okay. We'll just, make it a priority. Well, just don't space Google it here. Just don't I'm, space I'm sure. Google it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to play careful with my space googling here honestly i'm a little nervous landing here not gonna lie i was nervous before as well now i'm extra nervous are we good merrick of course we are okay i take the ship in you land and shortjack and jenny hop off and begin talking to one of the engineers they say uh just give us like a, a list of, of things you want done and, and we'll make it happen. And we will do a, a ship build upgrade at another time. But uh, I assume you are, are you beelining right for Dusty's refresher, Merrick? Is that what the plan is? No, so I just want to look at everyone and before we leave the ship. So we're on enemy turf, clearly. They just tried to kill us a little while, like literally a day ago. So Cody, we're, we're going to keep questions to a minimum for now, okay? I'll do my best. So no, no a word, no talking about the good old days. Even hmm. be cautious with giving your name out. All right. Should we have fake names? Uh, sure. What would you like your fake name to be, Cody? I'll be Dalton Cody Storm McLean. All right. What's your? You have a fake name. My fake name. Um, let's go with Duke. Okay. Duke Dalton and Duran. What's your fake name, Duran? I don't. I don't care. I'll give you one. I, I think I'm gonna. Duran would just like close his eyes and just Arnold. Yeah, Arnold's fine. Okay. So we got Duke, Dalton, and Arnold going in. <laughs> <laughs> Our brave heroes. <laughs> let's um, let's go to Dusty's or where Dusty's used to be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the mom and pop shops around here probably don't exist anymore. Yeah, you guys are are walking, and you get into the city proper, and you see one of those purple tumbleweeds, Merrick bounce past you and then it hits a wall and it flickers out and the hologram resets and bounces past again it's it's kept a lot of its sort of frontier town charm but in a modern way um so every now and then you'll see people like trot by on these weird sort of horse-like things that have this long nose but has feathers on it and they're like bright colors. Some of them are like bright green and bright blue and people will like tip their hat to you and uh, you see ads for something called the Ember Heart Ranch. It's like, visit the Ember Heart Ranch. And then there's like a bunch of people on these like weird animals, these like weird horse feather things. And then you get to where Dusty's refresher was and it's there, it, that big aluminum camper van 
that it was built into. Um, but behind it, you see Dusty's. And it is a 28-story tall hotel. Oh, dear God. <laughs> but Dusty's refresher is still there. Let's walk into the refresher first. It's exactly what I thought it would be, and not anything I thought it would be all at the same time. You walk in, and it is uh, air-conditioned. It is comfortable. It's pretty busy. And sure enough, you see Dusty still whipping around on his the, the chair that's attached to the, all the, the magnetic uh, roof. And he's flying around, and he's, he's serving people, and he seems pretty busy, but he actually has staff as well. There are people, very clearly, who work there with, like, aprons tied around their waist and a little hat. What would you like to do? Uh, are there three bar seats available? Sure there is. Uh, as you get closer to the bar, you see that there is one stool that is gold and a reserved sign in place of it. Is it the stool where Azen used to sit? It is not. It is the stool where Jimmy used to sit. Jimmy! Uh, and as you get closer, you see in loving memory. Oh, oh no. Merrick, Merrick slams the top of the bar. <laughs> um, and Dusty sort of like looks over at the commotion and his eyes widen and he swings on over and he's just like, no, is that Merrick I see right there? All right. I'm going to erase Dalton. Or, sorry, <laughs> Dalton, right? No, Duke, right? I'm going to erase Duke then. All right, cool. <laughs> um, and he like swings over in front of you and he says, Nah, that's a face I haven't seen in quite some time. How are you? I'm good, Dusty. How are you? Well, I think you can see I'm doing quite fine. Yeah, you've had a big year by the looks of it. Uh, now, I don't remember if you remember, but that that fella that you, you met that night, he gave me quite a bit of money. I might have invested smartly and wisely and was able to make uh, Dusty's a whole chain. You uh, invested in Usuron and it paid out. Good for you. Well, no, this is this is a whole. Uh, I mean, the, everything else ain't so much my doing. That's just you know they they found a whole new uh, vein, a mother load down in the in the quarry. So that's that's what people are here for. They're chasing the they're chasing money just as like they always do here on Usuron. What did they find? Before he can answer, the doors to the refresher get kicked in, and behind you you hear Merrick. <laughs> I turn around. It's Zane, and he is walking through the crowd, eyes locked to you. And he's, like, pushing people out of the way. And he gets, like, within an inch of your face, and he's just staring at you. I remember you being taller, Zane. Have you slimmed out a little bit? (laughs) He looks down at you and then wraps his arms around you and says, Mother is dead. 